0: Welcome to the Need to Know podcast from the Woodrow Wilson International Center for Scholars. I'm your host, Aaron Jones, bringing you the best nonpartisan information from our experts that you need to know. Welcome back to the Need to Know podcast, and for those of you who listened to our last podcast, it was our 50th episode. Go back and take a listen to some of the experts that we caught up with that we've had on over the last year, and now here we are on the downhill slope to 100 So we're on the 51st episode and joining me today is Michael Kugelman, who is our South Asia expert. And since so much is going on in South Asia with Taliban peace talks and a India-China border dispute, we wanted to have him on uh, really to talk about this border dispute issue. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Good to be back with you, Aaron. Well, I appreciate, always
0: appreciate talking to you. Your insight into uh, our relationship with India and how it, how it really uh, entangles there with China is pretty interesting. China has been really making a lot of, of moves. Really, We know with the Belt and Road Initiative um, and trying to really put a lot of soft power out there. But it seems like since the world has kind of diverted its focus to coronavirus... That China has really taken some actions in a lot of places around the globe uh, that have been kind of aggressive. And this this situation with India seems to be one of them. So what what are your what is your take on the Chinese and their situation with India right now?
1: Yeah, well it's a it's a very troubling state of affairs. Um, you know, these are two these are two countries that are, of course, big, uh, big powers, big economies, powerful militaries. And they're rivals, um, they, they have a very long, rugged, but disputed border that's never been resolved. And, um, you know, back in the 1960s, they fought a war over the border, but it was not resolved. And what we've seen happen uh, over the last few decades is these recurring spats um, between the two sides. And typically, they're relatively brief. They don't lead to many problems, uh, very little violence, uh, no deaths. This is all in the past. But then we have the current crisis which is which is a lot different um you know what was first concerning is that when it when the crisis began in may um uh, a lot of the the details as to what exactly happened are unclear because this is in very inaccessible terrain but what appears to be quite clear is that the chinese uh, the pla the chinese army um, staged multiple incursions onto territory that india regards as its own not only do they stage those incursions but they actually um set up shop. They pitched tents and and actually stayed there. Um, So that was bad enough. But um, it looked like things were going to de-escalate and basically follow the pattern that we've seen in the past where you have an incursion and then they just wind things down. There were talks that began between um, Indian and Chinese military commanders that they began on June 6th. So there was a de-escalatory pattern in place. And yet all of a sudden, out of nowhere, on June 15th, you have this violent, deadly clash where you have, um, according to the latest reports, 20 Indian soldiers that died, uh, as well as an undetermined number of Chinese soldiers. First time in many in many years where you have combat deaths along the uh, the line of actual control, the name of this disputed border. And so it's, it's really brought these two um, countries, I would argue, closer to uh, a conflict than they've been at any time since the 1960s. I'm not saying it's going to go that far, but it really is a very tense situation. And these are two nuclear armed powers. One of them is, is, is the U.S.'s top strategic rival. The other is a top U.S. partner uh, in the Indo-Pacific region. So it's a pretty serious state of affairs.
0: And just to give people context, this is a 2,000 mile border. Am I right on that? So this is basically our border with Mexico.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's a, uh, it's a very long border, a very rugged border that goes through some of the most inhospitable terrain in the world. I mean, we're talking about the Himalayas here. You've got, you've got huge cliffs everywhere. The weather is is cold most of the time. Um, and what makes things even more complicated is that, um, you know, you have this really long border, but uh, the two sides often don't agree on where the, the border is actually demarcated. So it's just really, it's, it's really quite messy, to say the least. And this goes back to a war that they had in this area
0: which china won pretty i mean there's really no dispute about china winning that war but it has caused you know them to move into where an area where india sees this as their territory
1: yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, you're very right. I mean, the the the, the con- one of the consequences of having a longstanding border dispute that uh, has not been resolved is that there's always going to be disagreements and disputes, and particularly when there's disagreement as to where the the demarcation of the border lies. You know, China could stage an incursion into an area that it may claim as its own, but that India sees as its as its own, and that's part of what's what's happened in in this case. But again, in the past. You know, things are resolved fairly quickly. Maybe you have some pushing and shoving and brawling between the two militaries, but nothing like what happened this time when you had, uh, you know, you had these soldiers beating each other up using uh, rods and all kinds of uh, primitive weaponry. Uh, You had people falling off cliffs. You had people falling into the river down below and dying from uh, hypothermia. It's just very tragic and very different from what we've had in the past.
0: So you mentioned the sort of geopolitical relationships that are in the region and how uh, the United States has an increasingly tense relationship with China, it seems. Um, But India has been a partner in, in, you know, early in the 2000s, a war on terrorism. And there's been some, some trade that's happened. So is China's aggression really pushing india into the arms of the united states and what are we doing to kind of to to continue that relationship and how do you see that going
1: yeah so the u.s india relationship has been growing quite rapidly particularly through a deepening security partnership really since the early 2000s and actually even back to the early 1990s when india decided to liberalize its economy and open up to the world that's when the relationship first started to take off but particularly in the early 2000s and indeed one of the main uh, in, in recent years, one of the main things that uh, brings India and the U.S. together is shared concern about China's rise and its increasingly muscular and assertive and aggressive actions and provocations in South Asia and in the broader Indo-Pacific uh, region. And so, I think if you look at this, at this crisis, what's happening now, this border crisis, it clearly is going to strengthen the U.S.-India relationship even more because I think it exemplifies just why the, the U.S. and India. Feel that they need to work together. I mean, you have China staging provocations, um, using he- heavy, he- heavy, and deadly violence, um, and you know, not playing by the so-called rules of the game that the U.S. government has claimed should be upheld in this vision of a free and open uh, Indo-Pacific region. So, you know, I would argue that one reason, or many reasons, one reason why China decided to do these provocations to start with was to send a message to both New Delhi and Washington. That, uh, but, you know, it, to, in the effect of, well, look, India, if you're going to keep moving closer to the U.S., our, our top rival, you know, go right ahead. But, you know, we could send messages. But in fact, what's going to come out of this is that the U.S.-India relationship is going to be even, even stronger. Uh, and one of, the, one of the concerns of Washington about India in recent years has been that, China, that India is not willing to go as far as the U.S. would like it to to partner with the U.S. to push back against China, there's been concerns in Washington that India is not really interested in the operational types of of of, uh, of, of collaborations that go beyond, you know, arms sales and intelligence sharing. And the U.S., for example, for a long time has wanted China—pardon me—the U.S. has wanted India to engage in joint naval patrols uh, in the in the waters of the Indo-Pacific. And India has refused because it has not wanted to overly antagonize China. But now given how rough the India-China relationship is, there's reason to believe that India may be willing to move closer to the U.S. and be more comfortable pushing back harder against China. And that only benefits the U.S.-India relationship.
0: I think listeners probably are well acquainted with another border dispute that India has, which is with Pakistan in the Kashmir region. Um, How do these border disputes kind of play Off one another or do are they separate Uh, how does india manage these multiple disputes
1: well i mean the the important thing to keep in mind here is that uh, china is um a close ally of pakistan's and just as the u.s india relationship uh is is brought together because of shared concern about china the pakistan china relationship is um you know it's it thrives in great part because of shared concerns about india uh and so certainly you know these are separate disputed borders. I mean, you have the line of actual control, the China-India border, and then the line of control, the India-Pakistan border. Sort of tricky acronyms to keep uh, to keep track of.
0: Is there a line of nominal control anywhere, or there other are there other demarcations of control, half control?
1: There should, <laughs> there should be, and people have joked that given all the problems in the line of actual control, it really should be called the line of no control. Uh, but anyway. Um, you know, the, the the India-Pakistan border is always hot, um, and it's much more violent than the India-China border in the sense that you've oftentimes had deaths through uh, the use of, you know, cross-border firing and things like that. Um, you don't have that on the India-China side, um, and, and as I said, until until this deadly incident on June 15th, there hadn't been any combat deaths for several decades, in great part because, um, Uh, There are several agreements between the Indians and the Chinese that forbid the use of of heavy weaponry um, when there are disputes between the two on the border. That's not the case at all with India and Pakistan. Um, India's relationship with Pakistan is also very different from its relationship with China. India sees China as a sort of a broad, long-term strategic rival that's much more powerful than India, whereas India sees Pakistan as a significantly weaker uh, rival that's still poses threats, but mainly through, you know, terrorism and things like that. It doesn't pose the type of broader strategic competitive threat that China does. But, you know, I think that it's it's not coincidental that since the India-China um, crisis broke out, the India-Pakistan border has been particularly hot. Uh, and I think that Pakistan would be happy to try to take advantage of India being bogged down on its northern border with China by trying to turn up the heat on India uh, with its border uh, with Pakistan. So that basically India is forced to deal with two volatile borders at the same time, dealing with both of its top rivals. And another border interaction is with Nepal.
0: So where's where does Nepal fit in It's squeezed in between China and India?
1: Yeah, you're right. I'm glad you brought up Nepal. This is a very different story completely. Uh, Nepal for many years has been a close ally of, of India's. Um, you know, they've, they have a, a, a longstanding relationship. And yet, indeed, what we've seen, not just with this current spat, but over the last few years, there have been some disagreements between the two sides. And, you know, many, many in New Delhi believe that China is actually trying to subtly deepen its influence in Nepal, um, just because it wants to do that in all of South Asia, because it wants to build this Belt and Road Initiative through the broader region. And there's a concern in New Delhi that China may be pressuring the Nepal government to take a hard line in this border spat with India to further bog India down, um, so to speak. Certainly the Indian nepal uh, border crisis is not as serious, not as potentially destabilizing as the other ones. Uh, Nepal is not a strong state. It's not a powerful state in the way that uh, India is. It doesn't have nuclear weapons uh, or anything like that. But I think it's indicative of a broader challenge for India, and that's this. I mean, India likes to project itself to the world as a rising, responsible power that wants to have a more prominent seat at the global high table, so to speak. And yet, You know, it's facing a lot of problems in its own neighborhoods, not just with its traditional rivals, China and Pakistan, but also with its traditional friends like Nepal. Well,
0: this is, uh, I I think, a complex crucible in this region. How does the United States manage its relationship with India in this region where India has such a difficult relationship with these other actors, who we also sometimes have tense relationships with.
1: Yeah, you're right. Well, I mean, the, India's relationship with Pakistan is a whole other story. That's of course always been a problem and that's much deeper and, and trickier to, uh, to untangle and to address. But uh, I think that for the most part, the U.S. doesn't really get too uh, concerned about these, these problems that India is having with its smaller neighbors. Certainly it's concerned about the, the problems with China. But I think that <clears throat> despite these problems India has had with its neighbors, I think there's a recognition in Washington that, um, you know, India, generally speaking, continues to be on, on, on overall good terms with its neighbors, even if you have, you know, these these hiccups as, as you have with, with Nepal right now. And I think that for the U.S., the focus with India is much more broad. It goes beyond South Asia. It's focused on China and the broader region. I mean, the U.S. U.S. officials publicly and privately in the Trump administration repeatedly say that they look to India as a key partner to be enlisted in the Indo-Pacific strategy, um, which as publicly expressed is to promote the idea of a free and open rules-based Indo-Pacific region. But what that really means, and this is never stated publicly by U.S. officials, is to make sure that China doesn't have more Clout and sway than it should, and that it's time to push back against China. And India, as the country with the most powerful military in the region outside of China, should be the one to play that role. But how exactly the US and India work together in that regard remains unclear. I mean, as I mentioned before, there's been some concern that the US, that concern from the US that India doesn't do as much as the US would like it to. But indeed, this latest spat between India and China may address that problem at least a little bit.
0: And is this a problem or would it would it always be a problem regardless of who is in charge in India or does the Modi government have something to bear on, on this escalation? Well, you know, as you know,
1: the government in India is a is a hardline nationalist government, um, which, of course, is in line with what you with governments you have in many parts of the world right now. Um, and um you know, this is a government that has been willing to move closer to the United States uh, than any other previous Indian government has, has been willing to do. There have been a number of major defense agreements signed between the U.S. and India that hadn't been done previously. So, you know, the, this this legacy of non-alignment continues to loom large. This idea from India's past, this Cold War idea that India should not get into alliances and it should not get too close to any one country, that's still there. But, I think that the Modi government is, understands from its own interest the importance of pushing closer to the U.S. And certainly its spats with with, spats with China is going to make that all the more the case. And, you know, the India-China relationship is always a complex one. Uh, it's always been one that's been tense because of the border dispute. But there is a significant level of economic cooperation. Diplomatic relations have been fairly good for the most part. Uh, And what's very notable is that Modi himself has invested a lot of his own uh, personal diplomacy in working with his counterpart, President Xi in China, to try to find ways to get the relationship to work despite the problems on the border. And also they've tried uh, through, they've had several uh, summits, uh, one in China, one in India, in which they describe ways to figure out how to move forward on the border dispute. So I think that Modi... He, he had been interested in trying to make things work with China. Fortunately, his counterpart in China had now too. But I think that that's simply has gone up in smoke. Um, you know, the first summit between the two was held in Wuhan, which, of course, we, we think about for very different reasons now. There is this notion of, of, of the Wuhan spirit, this idea that the two countries could, could draw on the goodwill that was kindled by Xi and Modi at that summit and turn that into something better. But I would argue that that Wuhan spirit is dead in the water right now. There's just too much ill will between the two countries given what's what's happened now.
0: Well, this is fascinating. And the importance, I think, to U.S. foreign policy to understand these relationships. I think uh, we're very fortunate to have you to to kind of check on these relationships for us because it is really, the connections really are endless. Uh, it's not just about a bilateral U.S.-China relationship or a bilateral U.S.-India relationship. uh, It is definitely a multilateral situation that we have. So, Michael Kugelman, Deputy Director of the Asia Program and Senior Associate for South Asia at the Wilson Center's Asia Program, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Oh, thank you. Always good to be here with you, Aaron.
0: That'll do it for this episode. I hope everyone stays safe, stays healthy, and we will be back next
1: time. Thanks for joining us.